Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi there, Mindful Leader. This is episode 24 of the Still Space Podcast, part four of my 28 best tips for mindful leadership and life satisfaction. This is the final episode in this four-part series. I've really enjoyed spending this time with you sharing with you some of the details of my life, my leadership, my learning along the way. And I'm honored to have your interest as we're going down this road together. I'm going to start today with tip number 21. Untangle the difference between what is true and what is an assumption. It melts stress. And I can't say enough about this one. I have so much I want to share with you about this. We end up with resentment, dissatisfaction, unhappiness, anger when we have expectations and those lead to assumptions and those assumptions and expectations when they're not met lead to unhappiness. So imagine if you had a magic wand and could run it all over your life and get rid of all of your assumptions and all of your expectations. What would that look like? Of course, it would look great, but how do we do it? It's hard to maintain that, right? So here's a little practice that I've developed and share with my clients that I'm going to share with you right now. And it's called the Pause Cafe, and I'm happy to share it with you. I have an uh, an infographic on it that I'm happy to email you. Um, Just send me an email, maryleigh at maryleighgannon.com, and I'll be happy to send it to you. But the Pause Cafe works like this. Pause is an acronym, and the P in pause stands for pause. And in that pause, take a very deep breath. That's the first step pause and take a very deep breath. The A stands for ask yourself, what's going on with me here? This is where you get curious, where you're trying to understand what lies underneath the surface. Yes, I'm angry, but what am I angry about? Ask yourself, well, I'm disappointed in this and and name it because that tames it. When you can name the feeling, you can tame the feeling. So, You might say, I'm disappointed I didn't get that promotion. I'm I'm angry about that. Okay, now the U in pause means unravel the difference between what is an assumption and what is the truth. Well, 
It's an assumption that I was the most qualified. It's an assumption that somebody else got it because I was being overlooked or that I wasn't treated fairly. And this takes some humility to actually challenge those assumptions up against the truth. Well, I'd like to blame the hiring manager and the HR rep for this, but it's really an assumption that they treated me irresponsibly. The truth is I didn't get the job because somebody else interviewed better than I did. That's the truth. And if you can get there, that's magic. And the S in Pause Cafe stands for when you can actually challenge yourself, challenge those assumptions against the truth. S stands for step back. And in that space of stepping back, the world opens up a little more. Well, yeah, you can see it in broader than that pinhole view of this wasn't fair to, well, maybe I should next time prepare a little more. Maybe I can role play out some of these questions. I remember some of the questions that I was asked on the interview. I wasn't prepared for them. I'm going to script an answer for them. Next time I want to do this. And you're now in a proactive mode. Now you're actually seeing opportunity. And the E in pause, this is the sweet spot. This is where you can extend compassion to yourself extend empathy to yourself. This is where you can put your hand to your heart and say, yeah, I'm disappointed that this didn't work out. But I'm going to be gentle with myself in this moment because I know what I need to do. And I'm going to take action on some of these things that I just came up with right now. That's a far cry different than the continual blame and shame and condemnation and resentment and anger that follow when we don't want to challenge our assumptions against the truth. The process of the Pause Cafe and doing this assumptions against truth exercise melts stress away, diminishes anxiety, and allows the clearing to open so that you can see things more sharply and vividly and linearly so that you can take action on them. Tip number 22. A deep breath and a count of 30 will always create a clearing. It's then your choice to walk down the path. We've reviewed breathing exercises on this podcast before. Uh, You can do a four fives breath where you breathe in to a count of five, hold for a count of five, exhale to a count of five, calm to three, four, five. Or Buddhist master Thich Nhat Hanh recommends just following your natural pace of breathing. Taking an in-breath, noticing that in-breath going all the way down to your belly in that still space, exhaling and imagining you're exhaling any tensions or anything that doesn't belong there. Just following the natural pace of your breathing. That helps to slow your heart rate, decreases your anxiety, and helps with your focus. Now when I talk about it being then your choice to walk down a path, I want to present something differently to you here. When that clearing opens and you're walking down the path and you think you only have two choices, I'm going to go 
this direction or I'm going to go that direction. Challenge yourself with a third choice. What if it wasn't binary? What if it wasn't just either or? What if it was and? What if those two paths could join into one? Or what if there were a third path all together that you hadn't even considered? That's where doing that mindful breathing in the still space allows your mind to settle a little bit and the clearing to open up. And now you're going to look at the process that you're trying to decide or whatever the challenge is in a new light. Not just this or that, maybe another way that you hadn't even considered. Maybe there's a third path there. Often I have clients who think they want to look for a new job. Shall I stay at this job? Shall I go to another job? Shall I stay at this job? Shall I go to another job? And as they start to build their self-awareness and their ability to self-regulate their emotions and their self-acceptance increases, they begin to see that there are other options. There might be an opportunity within the organization that hasn't been identified and they are going to build parameters around a new job description that might be right for them or perhaps them showing up differently in the role that they're already in becomes a satisfier for them. I remember as the CEO in a previous role, I had to raise money for a capital campaign, a very extensive capital campaign, after a, a very difficult layoff and a point in the organization where people hadn't received raises. And we had to raise money from the employees because the outside constituents wouldn't engage if they didn't know that the employees within the organization were engaged. And I had to sit down with employees that in difficult conversations. And before I met with these employees in all of these meetings, I took a very deep breath and I tried to put myself in their shoes. And you know that E in the pause cafe where you extend yourself empathy and there you also extend empathy to others. That's what I was able to do. And in that space, I could understand their anger and I could relate to them and I spoke to them from their perspective. I didn't argue with them when they were telling me, you owe me a, an increase. Forget about asking me for money. I said, you know, I bet that was difficult. I wasn't here then, but I can only imagine what it was like to go for years and years and years without a raise. How daunting that was for you and your families. I ask you a question. I ask you, if you were in an automobile accident, would that mean that you would never drive a car again? And they paused and looked at me. And I knew that, of course, they wanted to drive a car again. And I said, just give me a little bit of consideration. If this is where you've chosen to work, we've all chosen to be here. Nobody's strapping us to these roles. If this is where we've chosen to work and we're serving people in a hospital capacity who are at the most challenged times of their lives, is there any room in your disposable income after you've taken care of your family and everything else that's important to you for things that disposable income for things like high-end coffee or anything else going out to dinner or movies is there room in there to help our under-resourced people here within this hospital and if there is I hope you will engage in this campaign I understand if you won't but 
I'm just asking for your consideration. And in that space, I was able to be very successful. We exceeded the goals of the campaign and the employees very much appreciated the work that we were doing and continued to support us. But that's what comes when you can take a deep breath. You know, I work in a healthcare system during the day where a lot of people are ill and suffering and we use, and I teach this, I teach mindfulness to the staff to help the patients as well. Because many of them are saying, I'll never feel better. It's never going to get better. And living in that space of permanency of I'm stuck here, this is there's no hope, is not a way for anyone to find peace. And the staff have learned to be able to have traits in their tool belt that they can pull out with deep breathing to help their patients focus more on their breathing, calm their heart rate down, be able to see past the immediacy of what's in the moment and get past the it's never going to get any better. They can see that what they have now, the moment now is the most important. We don't have to worry about the future. We can concentrate on now and we have the ability to construct new sensations in our body, not focus on our perception, our interpretation of what is present. Tip number 23, and this is an answer to a question I get often in my role within the organization that I lead. People will ask me all the time, well, what's your best leadership tip? What should I do more of? And this, I think, is key. Tip number 23 is anticipate situations before they happen. And when I say that, it's it seems simple, but it takes strategy. So why we get mired down in what I'm doing today and I have to do this and goals and methods of evaluation and launch dates and blah, blah, blah. But when you step back, what do you see coming down the road? How are we prepared for that? Where's the clearing of opportunity that we've otherwise missed because we've looked at today? That's vision, that's strategy. And then, of course, as we've discussed, execution becomes key because just to have vision isn't enough. But vision is not the same as anticipating. Anticipating is, you know, I see industry trends in this way, and I'm thinking this might happen. There might be a recession. There might be a downtick in whatever, depending on what industry that you're in. But anticipating something before it happens and having a plan for it, or anticipating an opportunity of where the culture, the industry is going so that you can be first out of the gate to address it, very important. And when you have that, then you can craft and communicate that strong vision and execute and measure. But everything sort of hinges on you identifying and anticipating opportunities and threats. Not everybody can do that. Very key skill. So being able to anticipate means getting into that still space taking time for yourself, working into your mindful daily practices, still space time, where you remove yourself from your desk, or you put the pen down, or you close your eyes, and you take a deep breath, and ask yourself, what am I missing? What have I not considered? And that's why with my document flow on the go guide that my clients use and then I'm I've told you I'm happy to share with you if you send me an email 
This is where you ask yourself once a week, what's working? What's not working? What do I want to do differently? And just that taking of time to be able to reflect in that still space moment opens up the clearing. And this is what clears away the stress and the overwhelm and the anxiety that we carry around when we're too busy on that treadmill for no, to nowhere. I'm just going to do a little more, do a little more. And there's always going to be more to do. It's more a being of being with yourself in a quiet still space moment where you can find energy and enlightenment and the clearing that you're looking for. Tip number 24, solid relationships take consistency, time, and consideration. This relates to your personal relationships and your work relationships. Many people are very busy at work and we don't think about cultivating relationships with the people who report to us. And I think that's a mistake because we're human beings, not human doings. And people have challenges. They have families. They have spouses and children and aging parents and a lot going on. And if they don't know that you have their back with respect to their other needs in life, they can't show up for you and they quiet quit. They sit there and do their work to what they think is the best of their ability, but they're not really engaged with you. So we have to have a humanness about them to connect ourselves, to really care about them personally. And I don't think you need to be paternal about this, but I do think we have to be human about it and give our employees flexibility, give them our souls, tell them things that we notice and point out things that we think that would be helpful to them. You know, I see that you have a lot on your plate this week. How can I be there for you? Do you need to go home a little bit early today? Can I support you? Is there something that we can get for you? I mean, when you're always there and listening and asking, not just how was your weekend, but I know you had this uh, child's play that you were going to. How did she do? Just really genuinely being engaged. And that takes consistency and that takes time. This builds trust. This is your showing and feeling of your compassion. But we can't be compassionate when we're worried, stressed, anxious. And that, again, that anxiety, all of that anxiety diminishes with mindful daily practices of deep breathing, of yoga, of mindful physical activity, where we can continually seek the clearing. Tip number 25, know your signature strength. Position it to make a measurable difference and repeatedly communicate those team accomplishments to people of influence. So you might say, I don't have a signature strength. I submit to you that is absolute nonsense. There is something that you do that only you can do the way that you do it because you do it so well. It answers the question, why you, why now? I help my clients refine this as they build their value proposition. It also ups their confidence and self-esteem to realize this. 
It's not like we're creating a new signature strength for them. The strength is already there. You already have it. We need to define what it is, show how you've used it, show the measurable difference that you've made using it, and show how lives have been changed because of this. So take, for example, I knew very early on that my signature strength was tenacity, resilience, strategic execution. I know what they are. I have several of them, and I'm able to show stories of how I've used them. Now, when you storytell, it's much more compelling than sitting there on an interview or in a leadership meeting and saying, you know, I'm very good at resilience. Well, yeah. And I can fly and um, breathe fire and all kinds of other things that aren't true. No. Tell a story. Would you rather watch a documentary on 1940s immigrants in the United States of America or would you rather watch The Godfather? I think you'd rather watch The Godfather. Why? Because the characters are compelling. For heaven's sakes, they're all criminals and we like them. We're actually pulling for them because we can identify with their flaws, with their limitations, because they're human. So I can remember being on an interview, uh, felt like a more like a firing squad, where there were at least 15 people in the room around a table, and I was sitting there, and they were asking me questions, and one of the executive leaders asked me, well, how did you do this in your other job? And I told a story. I said, I started with people who lived and owned businesses in the eastern suburbs. Because if you lived and owned a business in the eastern suburbs and you had a heart attack, you were coming to our hospital. And I wanted to be able to save your life, not lose you in the air as we fly in a helicopter and try and transport you somewhere else. That's a pretty compelling case for support. That's a story. Everybody sitting at the table could tell that I knew how to engage people, that I knew how to tell stories, that I knew how to draw people in and make it real and relatable to them. That's a signature strength. We show people our signature strengths through storytelling. It's much more compelling than telling them that we have a strength that is subjective and they don't really have a reason to believe. But when you can tell a story of how you came upon a problem, how you addressed that problem, And then the outcome of that, you have a beginning, middle, and end. Storytelling just involves a likable character who comes upon a challenge and what they do to solve that challenge. And that shows the person you're talking to how you think, how you plan, how you problem solve. Tip number 26. Surround yourself with people who have your weaknesses as their strengths and get out of their way. You do not need to hire people around you that are good at what you do. You need to hire the people who are better than you are at what you don't do well or don't do as well and allow them to do it. Don't get your ego up and think that you have to compete with them to impress upon them how much more you know. Help them learn what you know that they don't know, and they will impart the wisdom that they have on you. It means being able to stand naked with your vulnerability and say, yep, I'm not good at that. You are, and I need you for that reason. Earlier in my career, I remember sitting with the CEO of the hospital. I was struggling with somebody that I was working with, 
And he said to me, what do you care if they take credit for the work that you're doing? Everybody knows that you're doing it. Let them have the credit. If they need that, be the bigger person. Everybody can see it, Mary Lee. Get out of their way. Let them have it. They know who the bigger person is. What do you care if they take the credit? The result is under your auspice. Everybody knows that you were the leader over it. Let them have the credit. Get out of their way and let them have it. And I learned from that. I never needed that talk again. It changed my leadership. It changed my career. It wasn't like I had to wear all the hats and be good at everything. Let somebody else be good at it. Just give the glory away. Let them have it. Because the bigger picture is known. And if you think it's not, that's an assumption. Maybe for some people it's not known. Remain true to your character. Don't sell out your values. Don't sell out your character because of what you think it may or may not look like or you're going to be selling out your character and your values the rest of your career. Stand true to what you believe. You don't need to be right. You want to get it right. And that means humility and it means certainty. Certainty is important. We have to stand for what it is that's important to the company, to you personally, and to the people who report to you. Tip number 27. Telling people what to do turns them off. Remember that. Don't be telling people what to do. They hate your guts when you do that, right? So what's more important is to help them learn to do it themselves. And uh, my clients come to me all the time with, you know, I can't get anything done. My team keeps coming to me with everything, blah, blah, blah. Well, are you saving them? Are you rescuing them? Are you constantly telling them what to do and they're just waiting for you to do that? Or can you help them find it within themselves to answer that question? So, and that's coaching, not managing. That's where you're coaching somebody. They come to you and say, well, I've tried all this and it hasn't worked. Well, what do you think maybe you haven't tried? Instead of telling you know what it is they haven't tried, ask them, what haven't you tried? And you do that a few times and they'll stop coming to you because they know you're going to say that. What have we not explored? What might we consider? What would happen if we involved ABC department? And as you coach, as you give those little cues, those little questions, be Socratic about it. Socrates was always asking questions that drew people to the same conclusion as if he would have just told them and they wouldn't have respected it if he told them, let them come up with the idea. Great, wonderful. Telling people what to do turns them off and doesn't make them more independent of you. Think of your teenagers, those of you that have them. I'm sure you know I'm right. Help them. Let them know that you're right there beside them. You're going to be with them every step of the way and allow them to come to the conclusion. Well, everybody's going on this ski trip and there aren't going to be any parents there, but everybody else is allowed to go. Well, what if you were the parent? Would you let your child go in that? Mm, Now I've got to look at it from a different perspective. And now the last tip of our 28 best tips. Tip number 28 Nothing lasts forever. Make this moment count. Have no expectations. Only observe. Act on what matters. Smile. Life is pretty cool. Remember, nothing, absolutely nothing is permanent. So if you're down about something, that's today. 
There's opportunity tomorrow. If something seems finite, it's because this is a season that is ending and you're moving into a different season. That is life. Life is forever changing. None of us live forever. None of us are guaranteed anything. Being able to be agile and move with it, be flexible is the goal. Excellency, mastery, that's the goal, not perfection. Just being able to flow, that flow gives you peace. And I will give you one last bonus tip. A friend of mine, a close friend of mine's wife recently passed away and we were talking about it and he said to me this tip which is not mine I don't own this it's his but it is profound wisdom is what happens when we don't get what we want so if something has disappointed you or let you down there's some message in there it may not seem right I mean Why do children die of cancer? There's no wisdom in that. Well, there might be an opportunity to see that somehow we aren't here to be guaranteed anything. We must flow with life in order to bring value to ourselves and to others. And we have to accept that everything has a season, that everything will change. And just like you trim your rose bushes, so that they come back much fuller and not with all of these little scraggly, long-stemmed, scraggly roses on them, we have to prune our lives as well. So often life is not about what we need to add to it, but what we need to get out of the way. I hope you've enjoyed this series of these 28 tips. I've certainly had a lot of fun sharing them with you. If you have any questions about them, please feel free to send me an email at maryleigh at maryleighgannon.com. I've really appreciated your kind attention and interest, and I'm wishing you a very mindful week full of mindful daily practices that bring you joy and self-control in your own life leadership, and executive presence. I have something really special that I can't wait to share with you. Most of you know that I work by day as the CEO of a $31 million organization, and I coach a handful of clients in the evening. Now I have taken the tenets of mindful leadership and put that into a training program so that you can fast track your career leadership while also balancing that with a good night's sleep, healthy eating habits, and close relationships. I call this program Mindful Leader Satisfied Life. Not only will you have the training, you also get one-on-one coaching with me, not a group, one-on-one coaching with me so that we can unravel your personal assumptions that are holding you back. You will no longer be unnoticed, undervalued, and inadequate, feel judged, and that others think that there's something wrong with you and you start thinking there's something wrong with you too because you're getting passed over for promotions, new roles, no longer doing all the things you hear you should be doing. Sigh of relief, right? With only defeat and the fear that failure is in your DNA forever, 
dogging you in the back of your mind. You'll no longer be disconnected from colleagues, friends, and family, or following the shoulds that make you feel you're still behind the curve and might even lose everything altogether. No longer frustration about habits that show up in terms of snacking, disjointed relationships, vices, poor sleep. No longer making excuses while not actually getting any closer to high performance. So if you're interested in this program, all you have to do is go to my website, maryleegannon.com. Click on the link on the top that says Coach with Mary Lee. It explains all about the program. Fill out a few questions on the questionnaire so that I know a little bit more about you and I'll reach right out to you and we'll set up a time to talk and we'll get you started. No longer will you have to wake up and say, I missed an opportunity. I wish I had. Please remember that I can only take a few clients at a time and I already have a full book right now. So I'd like to make sure that you're on the list. Head over to MaryLeeGannon.com. Click on Coaching with Mary Lee. Let's get started. I'm glad you were with me today and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, MaryLeeGannon.com where you can also learn more about working with me.